Welcome to the Works of Wonder Therapy Podcast. Today is part two of Dr. Long's discussion on how screen time affects the behaviors in your child. If you like what you hear today, please click the subscribe button, the hit the like button, and the notification bell so you'll get notified of our future podcasts as we publish them. Also, we would like for you to ask us any specific questions or uh, in the comments below, provide us with a topic that you may want to hear about in a future podcast. So there was a study that, so children who are on um, screens for extended periods of time are not able to um, determine body language. So so they don't know things like if a, if a person's crossing their arms, they may not want to be talked to. Or um, one we teach a lot is if, if a person's feet are facing away from you or they're trying to walk away from you, maybe you need to wrap up the conversation. Um, they aren't able to read facial expressions, expressions or have intrapersonal communication where it's just um, the reciprocal back and forth of a conversation of um, you talk about tennis, now I'm going to talk about tennis. Uh, they kind of just bring in haphazard topics. And so um, we know screens do that, uh, but we also know that they, in one study, they took screens away from sixth grade boys for only five days. And in after five days, they reassessed the skills and they were able to do it. So, so, but that stuff, okay, so what you're saying is that stuff is learned naturally. It's learned naturally. Yeah. So you would pick it up if you didn't have the screens because you can't, even if you watch something about body language, it's not the... Are you saying it, you would you would pick it up more naturally, even if you watch it on screen and said, "Oh, I, I, I understand this cross arm, pointy toes, blah blah mm -hmm. blah." It's not as solidified in your brain or as naturally uh, accepted as when you're out with people and you talk to people and you right, right, exactly, exactly. You're not it, it, you're bypassing the experiential aspect of it and you just have to experience it to learn it and they're not they're not experiencing it and so um but the brain is neuroplastic and so so i want everybody to hear that that let's say you have a two-year-old who's been on electronics four hours a day all of their life the, the brain is neuroplastic and we can heal what is kind of missing or just like in those boys it took five days for them to learn all of those skills just naturally there was there was not a teaching of these skills in the experiment. All they did was take away electronics. What, what exactly is neuroplastic? That just means that our so when I was in graduate school, because I'm, I'm ancient, um, I was taught that IQ scores were set, and we now know that the the brain is able to consistently learn throughout the lifespan, and so and change and do all the things that it needs to do throughout the lifespan, and so um, anything that we've kind of done. Um, to inhibit growth, we can go back in and learn that skill or do do the hard work that we need to do to help a person overcome that. But it's not just I'm trying to think of something that's like permanent. It's not it's not like you've been in a car accident and you have a scar that's never going to go away. it's 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 plastic in that we can do the work that it takes to repair it. Follow up question. Why are if they're neuroplastic, why are we not recycling brains? <laughs> this is a serious question. Please do not laugh at me. I'm a serious journalist. 
Um, okay, psychologically, brains, um, we know for a fact are when children watch a lot of screens, it increases nervousness, anger, um, it produces symptoms of what's referred to as oppositional defiance disorder. I personally do not agree that op- oppositional defiance is an actual disorder. Um, that's very against my field. But, but, but it is listed as a disorder. It is listed as a disorder. I personally believe it's a symptom of something else. So part of autism is oppositional defiance disorder. But you're not pa- saying the, all the disorders are... Not true. You're not right. picking and choosing. Right. You're I, just saying you think this is more than a symptom. Right. I think I think this is a symptom of other things, whereas and people have kind of pulled it out and separated it. But there's usually something deeper going on. Um, ch- a lot of children with severe childhood trauma have oppositional defiance disorder, um, which right, it's a symptom of trauma because they they can't trust you. Yeah. Oh, um, and then, but. I will say, um, we have so many parents who come in and, and they want a, um, they want us to tell them a diagnosis based solely on the symptom of oppositional defiance. And and if I I always tell parents to remove screens, always, always, always. And if we bring the child back in later and the parents have actually followed through, the symptoms of oppositional defiance are gone. Because right of all of the things that we've just talked about, of how it's inhibiting proper reactions and um, emotional, uh, logical connectivity, all of that. And because we have these things at our fingertips all the time, like information whenever we want it. And, you know, you don't have to look at, at an encyclopedia anymore. If you have a question, you just look up Google. All of this stuff is right in front of you. We want answers now. So, So do you see a lot of parents who are like, my kid won't clean up his room. I was reading on the internet. He's got oppositional defiance because of this one time that he would not do what I asked him to. He's completely defiant. Fix this. Yes. 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 And I, and to be completely honest, when I say remove screens, I get so much pushback. So much pushback. I get more pushback on that than um, encouraging them to provide healthy diets or proper sleep hygiene. Or um, pe- People do not want to... Adults don't want to give up their screens, um, and they don't want to take screens away from children because they're just too convenient. Yeah. But I think we got a generation growing up now that, are not, that have had screens their whole life now, and they're raising kids, and I have turned out fine. Right, but right. No, because even if even if your child is not on a screen and they're playing in the floor with blocks, and you're glued to your phone, you're not providing for your child everything they need. You're not providing that human connectivity, that um, physical touch, all mm-hmm. of those things. And so, so sometimes it's the parents' addiction to screens, which is causing all of the detrimental impact. So, um, yeah. I, I, I mean, I personally just wish. Smartphones would just disappear. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be hard to get that done. If you kind of put it in context, though, you remember like back in the 50s, 60s, well, all the way up until probably the, I don't know the exact date, the the 80s, you know, women used to smoke when they were pregnant. And they didn't think, you know, oh, well, my mom smoked when I was pregnant. I, you know, I turned out fine. But now all the research has caught up and, and, you know, they're like, if you're, you can't even be around a campfire. You know, because smoke and, you know, that's a joke. But, I mean, um, you know, they're so – they they got everybody um, so on board with you you cannot be around smoke. 
you know, somebody smoking or, or you certainly can't smoke when you're pregnant. It does cause all this. Well, this is kind of the same thing. I mean, we got a generation now that's coming through that's like, I grew up on phones. I'm fine. You know, but but the data and the research is catching up quicker today than it did in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Right, right. So now they're really realizing all this. So, I mean, I, I know I know Beth is pretty passionate about this, and a lot of people, you know, don't like her because of this. Mm-hmm. But it really is it really is detrimental to to our kids. And um, I, when I see younger kids, we have we have families that we're friends with, really close. I always make the kids talk to me. I always go up and say, you know, hey, you know, John, or hey, Sally, or whatever. I make them look at me and talk to, to me. And, and you would think that's not a big deal, but it's like pulling teeth, getting a kid to just say pleasantries. Hello, how are you? Shake your hand. Have a great day. Uh, because they they're not used to having to do that. They're 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 used to their own world of games and iPads and all of that, and uh, and it's amazing the effect it's had. It is. It is. And there there is a lot because I right it does the it takes a while for the research to catch up with what we all kind of know is true. Right. We we all have observed these changes in children, um, but there is enough research now that supports that extended screen time causes symptoms consistent with ADHD and autism. And so a lot of people, um, they even may meet the criteria symptom-wise, but it's because of screens. They're, mm. they're that detrimental. And, wow. um, and they're not enough. Um, I mean, there's not enough people in my field. There's not enough pediatricians. There's not enough people just kind of jumping up and down and screaming, no, you cannot do this. This is truly detrimental. Um, and I wish there were more, and I wish parents would listen to it because I am that passionate about it. Brad prevents me from giving every person in a restaurant with their baby on an iPad a, oh, a wow. lecture. He presents. <laughs> I almost put like blinders on her so we can just go sit down at a restaurant because it's 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 every restaurant everywhere, mm-hmm. and it you know it doesn't. She doesn't judge the parents. It just frustrates her because she understands the data and the research and the effect it has. And uh, uh, it's just very frustrating for her to see that going on. Yes. So let's talk about if you have um, if, if you have allowed your child to have screens. What, what can you do now? So um, I tell parents you kind of have two options. And this is for children under seven who, right, I truly believe do not need to be on screens at all. Um, you have two options. And the first option is you can slowly fade it away. So, I, and, um, for example, let's say they're watching four hours of YouTube videos a day. Um, then we slowly fade it away. So, the, the next day, it's going to be three hours and 30 minutes. But we're going to interrupt the child, interact with them while they're doing it, um, have them pause it and go do a little chore. We're, we're not going to just let this solid amount of time be stolen by a device because we—, we all of these reasons, we know that we have to engage. We know we have to earn it. We know we have to do all these things to develop healthy brains. And if they go, ah, ah, then that's okay. It's really okay. It's okay. It's really okay. I'm not, I am not happy to be interrupted and I roll my eyes 
and it's really okay. Um, the big picture is to reduce the scream time. The natural frustration of having it removed will go away. Yeah. It will. Plus, it's part of just dealing with everyday life. Yes. I mean, you get interrupted all the time everywhere. Yes, yes. Um, there is a media time calculator um, produced by the American Association of Pediatrics, and you can go on there and kind of plug in some details of your family and figure out what is best. But once again, everything I'm about to say is for children over seven. If they're under seven, we're going to slowly fade it away, or I, I forgot to mention this, but or you're, we're going to do cold turkey. And cold turkey is pretty painful, but it only lasts about three days. Mm. Isn't that amazing that they're that focused on it? Yes. But it can be remedied. Like the the addiction to it can be remedied in three three days of yes you know. it's I mean it's it's pretty amazing because they learn quickly like oh okay my parents are serious I'm not going to get it I might as well find some other stuff to do and they do um but if they're over seven um, you need to follow this simple rule which is children need um, plenty of sleep plenty of physical activity if screen time is impeding that you need to probably not do screen time. And if or if it really impacts their behavior, because there are some children who can watch two hours of YouTube a day and it doesn't impact their behavior at all. There are some children who can watch 30 minutes of it and they have, you know, 50% more tantrums. So you really have to be super specific with your children and each child may have a different level of tolerance. Um, and so that's also why it's kind of dangerous to set these nationwide times and everything because it really impacts every child differently. Um, I'm a huge fan of a contract. Um, contracts are, you set the expectation of, you know, if you have screen time, this is how you earn it because you should always earn it, mm. right? We'll go back. Remember talking about dopamine. We'll talk about that again in just a second. But um, we have to we have to earn the rewards. We have to earn the rewards. We have to set that precedence in our children. Um, the consequences if they break the rules on the screen time, um, setting up very clear, you, you turn in your device to me at this time every day. Um, I know people who have older children with cell phones, and they'll say, um, if you don't answer every time I call, You'll lose your phone, stuff like that. It's whatever is best for your family, but set a contract, clearly defined expectations and consequences. Um, you can also use electronics for great things. There's lots of um, apps that track chores. There's an app that I wish we had known about when our children were younger um, called Greenlight, and you can um, almost like Venmo your child money. Uh, and so so if, if you're like us and you never have cash, you can have your child do chores and then um, green light them their money and they get to see it in their little account and everything. So I, don't, I love that. Um, I think they're also great for you for doing family games. Um, if you're they're they're not the worst thing in the world. Just extended screen time for children under seven to me is one of the worst things in the world. It's really up there. <laughs> but um, un unmanaged alone, by themselves. Yes. Where they don't have to deal with anything in the world. And like you said, unmanaged. That's really what you're getting at. Because what would you say to somebody that says, well, I hear what you're saying, but when they go to school, they sit in front of a laptop all day. Uh, well, I, I personally think we use a little too much electronics in school. Um, and, and research kind of shows that, that we do not get as much progress um, from electronics as we do from 
paper pencil books, but um, they are using it, but they're also challenging their brain. They are usually talking to other students about it. They are, they're, they're not just sitting in a corner staring at the screen in the same way they are at home. So it's different. So that would be more managed screen time than unmanaged screen time. Yes. Which is still not great, but it is not as bad as. Right. Yeah. Um, So I have a lot of parents say, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to take it away. Um, And first of all, you're the parent. So set really healthy boundaries. You're the parent. Um, There are lots of apps out there where you can manage how much your child is on certain apps and how many minutes they have on it. Um, There's also apps where you can just go in and pause their devices. So if you want them to come to dinner or whatever and they're just not responding to me, to you, you can pause the device and have them come. Um, you can turn off your Wi-Fi at a certain time every day. You can, I mean. That, that's, I'm sorry to interrupt, but that sounds complicated, turning your Wi-Fi off. But it is not. No. On all, most Wi-Fi routers, you just push this button and it goes away. And then when you come back, it reacquires mm-hmm. everything. You're not having to put your passwords in, all that stuff. It's really not that bad. And, and a lot of routers will let you program, like at 1030 at night, the router's off cuts off or or what have right. you so so it sounds a little bit intimidating to cut your wi-fi off because nobody wants to put their passwords back in and i gotta <laughs> find it but it, but a lot a lot of routers on the market will reacquire and you'll mm-hmm. have no issues right. even if you did it 30 minutes turn right. 30 minutes and turn it back on yeah i mean it's truly like a, it's just a power switch on and off it's like mm-hmm. turning the lights on and off it's that complicated um But no matter um, how you use screen time, I am still, you still have to set it up for your child to earn the screen time. So they can earn that through chores, earn it through um, academic, you know, getting all their homework done, whatever. But please set it up so that they're earning it because, so let me just summarize how dangerous this dopamine situation is. So what what we're doing is let's let's say that all of us are born with a dopamine tolerance of zero, um, so that we're able to kind of walk around not expecting a reward um, for long periods of time because our our level is at zero. When these little children are using electronic devices, they're getting constant hits hits of dopamine, which means their baseline is changing. And so um, the baseline just moved from zero to 10. And so so there's this gap of where it should be and where it now is. And that is where it's so extremely detrimental because they do not understand the, the gratification of doing the hard work to get to a 10. They just assume that they can pick up something and immediately be a 10. Mm-hmm. So, so they're not building up delayed gratification. They're not building up impulse control. They're all, but they're also not at all building resilience or the ability to go, well, I, I didn't make the basketball team. So what I'm going to do is work really hard this year and try out again next year. Or maybe I'll try another sport or maybe I'll do this. They, they are not able to be adaptable um, in distress. And they're not able to, to persevere in difficult situations. And so it's, that's where it's the most detrimental. Yeah, because you set the expectations too high too fast. Because when they're on that screen, I, I mean, they've got control I'm not. I, I'm not saying they're going to go do bad stuff with it or anything. They're going to watch whatever's on, you know, whatever's on there, or whatever. But but they control that. They can start it. They can stop it. 
They can fast forward. They can rewind it. They can pass over things that bore them. They can do all of that stuff in there. And and that is an expectation that a that con- type of control is an expectation that a kid shouldn't have. No. And so, you know, it ties back to he, he may or may not control if he makes the basketball team or she makes the basketball team or not. Um, and, and that's just a little bit of disappointment, you know, and you got to get you got to get used to that and you got to be able to to deal with that. Um, but they don't have to deal with that in a screen, you know, that they're controlling. So, I mean, uh, the, when you when you set the expectation too high too soon. You can't come back off of it. They're always going to have that expectation. So you got to be right. You got to be really intentional. I love that word you use. Really intentional about these screens because it really, it really uh, puts you as a as a parent uh, at a disadvantage when they're using uh, a lot of screen time. Right. It it does. It does. And and. And we as a society are going to get weaker and weaker and weaker and not able to persevere because yeah, of this. Are. We already are. I mean, they're seeing it at, at universities now. Um, I see it in our workforce. Uh, yeah. I mean, and then, it's just going to get worse. And all these videos like YouTube has, you know, these reels now that are, you know, two minutes long or, you know, everything's done in small increments. Mm-hmm. Snapchat, um, Twitter, uh Instagram, you know, uh, they all are done in increments. So uh, if you, if you, and I, I'm a little guilty of this myself, if I want to understand something um, and I look it up on the internet, it, it, I go, do a Google search on it, and then all of a sudden it's a 40 page document, I might have a hard time sitting there reading it. <laughs> and so if, if I can learn this late in age, because I didn't obviously have these devices when I was young, but, um, you know, just imagine a kid now. He's like, "Ooh, I need the, you know, I need the abstract, or <laughs> right. we're done." Or even a video of it. Oh yeah, somebody oh, tell yeah, me in thirty point. seconds or less what yeah, the bottom if you line can't is. Find, you know, in, in, in fact, I, you know, I will try to watch a video uh, before I read a forty-page document, and if I don't have a video on it, I'm not sure I'm gonna commit the time to it right then. All right, and and that's just. It's just kind of the way we are. And that's because of the convenience of screen time right. for me. And I think it's the same with, with kids. Yes, yes. But it's just so much more detrimental to kids because yeah. they don't have those building block skills. Yeah, their brains aren't mature enough to say, I need to stop doing this. Um, I So our children, um, they're now adults, but when they were 16, they both got their first cell phones. And they um, have both said to me, that they wish we had, that that was still too early. Yeah, and, and all their friends had them. It, that was a I mean, struggle. that was a fight. It was because everybody the had them, and they were two years apart. So once we gave our oldest the phone at sixteen, then we had to fight another two years for mm-hmm. our youngest, mm-hmm. who just made it worse because she wanted one because he had one, and and it was it was terrible. But we stuck, you know, we stuck with it, and uh, and then like Beth said, they they've come to us both and said. Hey, that was still too early. I wish you'd waited till we were eighteen. Mm-hmm. Because they, it, it's just right. If you can, if you can hold out as long as possible, because they have more self control, they have the ability to put it down and have a conversation. Um, the the longer you wait, the better. Mm. But I think all of us, right? I mean, I'm addicted to my phone. 
uh, all of us have that struggle. So we can't we can't expect a little child to make responsible choices. We have to make them for them. Yeah. yeah. So, um, okay. So in summary, let me just recap really quickly. What are the takeaways? The takeaways are screen time for children under seven, unbelievably detrimental. Please do not do it. Please do not do it. Please do not do it. Do not... Um, do not excuse doing it. I tell parents if you're flying from Alabama to Alaska and your child's screaming the whole time, let the other people on the plane suffer because I would rather all of the adults suffer through because most of them have earphones and electronics um, than interfere with your child's brain development. So um, please don't do it. It's not – don't use it. Um, all of those places that you're tempted to use it, engage with your child. Play with them. Help them – learn to be bored, help them learn to be creative. Just use that time wisely instead of um, just doing what's convenient for you. Uh, and the biggest reason we do that is that gap that's created by dopamine. So so we all know that wonderful reward that we get when we do a job well done. And these children are, are missing that. They are missing that satisfaction. And that is hurting them in every area of their life. And so please, please, please remember how important that dopamine is, how important it is to kind of have a, your children at a baseline zero so that every little thing they work through, they struggle through, they, um, they overcome, they get the dopamine in a very natural way. And that is the most important thing from today. And they can, I mean, sometimes just being bored with your kid, you know, like the two of you are in it together kind yes, of thing. Yes, yes. You know. That's that's attention for the child. Yes, know? yes, yeah. lots, yeah, yeah, lots yeah. of attention. Don't don't set too high of expectation too soon, right? That's that's something we want to talk about, and, right? Or want you to take away, and um, I mean, just you know, it's a resource that's there for your convenience, but it, it's not. It, it does not translate into better being better for the for your child. And right. that's the important thing. Yes. And you can you can use the electronics as long as you're managing it well um, and you're using them productively. So um, I, I always try to encourage people to be producers, not consumers. So, so if your child is making a video instead of just watching a video or if they're taking lots of pictures and making an array um, and – just encourage as much as you can for them to be producers, not consumers. To be a part of it while they're doing yes, it. Yes, be a part of it. We have a million funny videos that our daughter made um, that I treasure so much. And Brad is in almost every single one of them. Um, <laughs> she loved to make these little funny movie trailers. And yeah. um, I would be so sad if we didn't have that. So so if do uh, encourage them to be producers and then be a part of it. So. Yeah. So, okay. So that is um, the super important, just the unbelievably important message of do not allow children under seven to have extended screen time. And with older children, um, set healthy boundaries, be responsible, um, encourage them to learn to be responsible, but you're going to have to do it for them in the beginning. Please put your comments below. Please send us your questions. Click like, subscribe, or ring the bell. And thank you so much for being with us today. Always be kind and honest because it works wonders.